If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up from the rewatch to the Q&A. We will have loads of content every week. So sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now here's the podcast. Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 281 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan. I am joined today by Graham McDonald. As always, as we look ahead to Bellator Dublin next week and look back on the UFC from last week as well. But before we get into all of that, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped. And don't wait till your trouser devils are more disorderly than Manchester United. Although we're back, we're back a little bit. This season, <laughs> bring your below the waist to the top of the table with Manscaped. Manscaped. Use Larmor 4.0 to show off your moderate level ball skills and ensure your member will be Luca Goods. No? Okay. Man City have won the Premier League, but your Man City will be the champion this year when you go to manscaped.com and enter the code Severe MMA for 20% off and free delivery on your order. Um, myself and Graham have been using Manscaped now for well over a year and they've been great supporters of us so please support them uh, and all their stuff is really good you know I've had Manscaped stuff literally for probably 18 months and it's still going strong like it, it did on day one it's absolutely brilliant um, and if you want to try out Manscaped I would suggest going for that performance package it's a real deal the ultimate grooming package for a champion uh, included in the, is the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the lawnmower 4.0 also the weed whacker for your nose and ear hair uh, multiple ball formulations and a shed travel bag as well as the boxers uh, the package stars their redesigned electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is simply the best hygiene tool to keep the uh, keep the grass on the pitch to perfect lint. Jurgen Klopp would absolutely love that. The Lawnmower 4.0 ceramic blades reduce nicks and cuts in your most sensitive regions. This revolutionary tech is the b- best defense you could find uh, for your Virgil Van Dicken balls. They need to change. I know as Virgil Van Dyke can't really defend anymore. But anyway, who your um, um, uh, Tyrell Maladica? I don't know why <laughs> what are you doing there You're, uh, who else have we uh, um, Marty no I just nothing, there's nothing coming to mind there uh, the trimmer's battery also lasts 90 minutes so it's absolutely perfect uh, you can do it for the entire soccer match if you want with a little bit of a, a water break in the middle of course their performance package also comes with the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer which is waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM uh, motor power 360 degree rotary dual bu- jewel blade system um it, that uh 
Weed Whacker also has a proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent snakes, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. And you can't forget about the liquid formulation as well. My personal favourite, absolutely love them. Uh, use a crop cleanser to clean your body as well as the crop preserver to keep fresh and a crop reviver to give your balls a good half-time boost. Put the ball back in Ballon d'Or and make sure your hardware stays shiny with the performance packages, crop preserver, anti-chafing, ball deodorant and crop reviver spray toner as well. The package is head to toe top class and an easy choice for the best footballers in Europe so get 20% off and free delivery with the code severemmanscape.com that is 20% off with free delivery using the code severemmanscape.com celebrate a new season of the beautiful game which are newly beautiful balls Alright Graham Let's get uh, directly into it here Let's talk about uh, Bellator before, before we do I th- I'd say somebody could mash up The, the Manscaped uh, uh, Snippets Out of context And make a Make a very funny uh, Sean Sheehan uh, Yes Audio Audio clip uh, audio uh, Feel man. free to do that If you have some uh, Spare time <laughs> Spare time on your hands. We, we should oh, Actually we should run a competition Best audio man How much should we pay We pay f- 25 quid Whoever comes up with the best audio, if you uh, like, if you come up with a shitty one now, you're getting nothing. Better, we better give them like a, a t-shirt or something. Uh, something better. Pay, I think I've one t-shirt left, maybe. The t-shirts are nearly gone, so there's yeah, 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 t-shirts. But uh, yeah, um, we'll give you something anyway, lads. Don't worry, I'll give you a follow on Twitter. But uh, yeah, just actually, have I an audio bed for today? I must actually. We'll see. You'll see in about twenty minutes if I have a good audio bed for today. Anyway, but yeah, there, that's actually a good idea. There is loads of stuff there from the men's. Game. I was thinking as well. There's probably there's probably like years of us rowing about Man United and Liverpool at the end of the podcast okay. as well. <laughs> well what was the podcast we had where some people were like messaging being like oh like don't don't argue or whatever hopefully everything's okay or whatever yeah we oh yeah even <laughs> yeah they thought we were falling out <laughs> that's fucking hilarious that is actually hilarious you, you hear us on the on the fucking on the phone to each other during football matches I'll or fucking whatever like Jesus Christ I, like to be fair you're way better taking it than me because, like, during the United match, I just stop replying to you. At least you kind of keep replying when I'm just obviously trolling you as well. That's brilliant. Yeah, you are better than me at that, to be fair. Well, I like sometimes as well when uh, there's a match on or even the fight on, I just kind of put my phone away and enjoy it as well. Whereas you're, you, I would say you're not yeah. a person who enjoys Liverpool matches. Well, that sometimes, much, I, sometimes I do, but then, like, uh, I do get a lot of messages as well, and sometimes, like, a lot of messages come in and there's been an incident and I know I know what it's going to be about and it's like oh what are people saying about this and I know you're saying the opposite of like yeah know, whatever goes <laughs> against Liverpool, Liverpool but like other yeah. people like who are like Aston Villa fans or whatever might have a, like a neutral view on what was happening I have a, I have a neutral view sometimes <laughs> right? your, your hatred for Liverpool and Klopp and all that I think clouds your uh, well, that's, uh, that's part of football that's part of the enjoyment of football yeah we, we have to do a second football podcast soon we won't be getting into it here now lads don't worry but we'll have to yeah we'll have to do one so it's, you've been very quiet about it recently after Man United beat Liverpool but anyway we'll leave, we leave that we leave that we want to we want to say much more about it but sure look we might as well talk about Bellator Dublin anyway which goes down from the uh, the tree arena this uh, Friday the two of us are going to be there Graham uh, I'm looking forward to this um, 
do you know what it's uh, <laughs> it might be the, uh, I said this before but it might be the, one of the last shows that I'm going to be able to go to I felt or keep putting them back regularly just because the prices of hotels in Dublin <laughs> is the worthy it's absolutely and utterly scandalous altogether but look we're looking forward yeah, I, got a, I, got a, I got a half decent half broken half decent uh, sofa bed here for you Sean your <laughs> <laughs> back wonders <laughs> I'm okay now <laughs> that's alright going to Dublin is bad enough you know I, I have my shots already got since last week but before I go up sleeping on like a sofa bed or someone's spare room it's like I ha- if I'm going to Dublin I either get the Gibson Hotel or the one across the road or I'm not fucking going there just because it's I'm not going through Dublin I'm not going on the Lewis I, 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 you, you can even just get one out here like you know get a hotel a normal hotel on the bus line or on the Lewis or Dart line that brings you right in there and you're laughing like you know what I mean no I'm not laughing because then I have to go through Dublin and there's 10,000 people like 15 uh, yeah fuck Lewis that yeah that's terrible that's exactly what I want to avoid I don't want sure, to be you, in you, Dublin if, 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 if none of them had it their way you'd be interviewing fighters while you're, while you're getting uh, your Lewis to, <laughs> to, to the hotel <laughs> don't be they listen to this now don't be calling out this. but uh yeah look we won't we won't get into that now I won't to respect <laughs> <laughs> I respect my friends over at Bellator, but yeah, we'll be above at media day on uh, on Wednesday. I'm sure there'll be a few pictures of Lewis and stuff after that as well. The wins. Uh, hopefully, I'll wake up early that morning to to do them, and then we'll be there on fight day as well on Friday. So it, it should be fun. And do you know what? It's probably the best card Bellator have ever put on in Ireland. To be fair, it's really, really, really good. Uh, in the main event, Vincent Henderson versus Peter Queeley. I spoke to both of them and on, on the lead up to it, we've massive fight between Yoel Romero and Melvin Manhoof and lots of the other Irish stars on the Kieran Clark, Liam McCourt, Brian Moore, Dara Kelly, Kenny Muckahanna, Carl Moore, um, and more. I said Jew as well, who asked Peter Quayley the other day, who's like the, the best guy in the gym on the way up, and he said Asella Jew. So that's that is me yeah, intrigued. Isn't he like a French kickboxer? Yeah, high is. level kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him spar. He, yeah, he's very good. Uh, I yeah. think he's very good. He looked very good in sparring. Anyway, very quick on the on the feet. Uh, very quick hands and very hard to hit. Very good, yeah. So I'm interested to see him. Now, do you know what? We'll start with the main event and talk about Queenie versus uh, Benson Henderson because I think it's it's one of those fights that we always wanted as Irish MMA fans. I think, and this is one of those cards I think that we always wanted as Irish MMA fans. We wanted the big names like a Benson Henderson, like Ewell Romero, and we also wanted the big spots for the Irish fighters like Peter Queeley is getting here against Benson Henderson. So, if anyone's complaining about this card, I don't know what the fuck you're complaining about, lads. Uh, as the biggest complainer in MMA, so sometimes seemingly, although when I'm on the podcast, well, if, they, if, if, if they pleased you with the card, then they must be doing something wrong. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Indeed. As long as Daniel Cormier isn't, isn't doing the, the commentary, I'll be fine. Actually, this is to be the one card I would want him to comment out from because I won't be fucking listening to it because I'll, I'll be there on it. Can't, can't get in Cormier. But anyway, um, yeah, it, as I said, it's it's a card we kind of dreamed of. I remember talking and doing previews for these and we're like, oh, why didn't we get Rory McDonald on the card or why didn't we get MVP? And I know we've had MVP before, but the, it, it just felt like we weren't getting those big names. We were getting a, a Gallagher fight against, you know, someone who was, uh, you know, good, but not, not the biggest name in the world. And then we were getting the rest who, of the Irish. Who, who did, what was that English lad Lee McGeary fought as well on, on oh, short notice? God. Oh, who was it he fought? I, I, that was the one I was not. That was at, in Belfast. He came out of retirement, uh, yeah. I think. To, oh, Rob, yeah, I Rob Broughton or one of them. Or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah there was, there's been a, two, uh, a few tough ones. Actually, coming next week on Patreon, myself and Quilcha have... Uh, 
a retrospective podcast about the Bamator days. So we go back to all the old Bama cards and the, the Bamator for ones as well that were in Ireland and kind of go through the fighters that were on and some of the fights were on it. So that's actually a really fun podcast. We've it already recorded. So that's out during the week on patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Yeah, um, that, that, that was Brett McDermott. Just Brett McDermott. Okay, Brett McDermott. Fair play. Uh, this is a completely different man event. Vincent Henderson against Peter Greeley. Well, look, I think the first thing I want to say about this is when I interviewed both of them, they were on completely different mindsets. I suppose at the time, like Benson, it was I think it was about six, seven weeks out from um, the fight. He was like, I haven't even started training camp or anything. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I could barely get an answer out of him. He was more caring about going on holiday in Ireland than the actual fight itself. And I just wonder, you know, that obviously that was a good bit out, and I'm sure he's taken it seriously and has been into camp since. But the fact that he has signed a new contract at Bellator, it's his last four fights of his career, seemingly. I, wa- I wonder how he not just prepares for it but I wonder how he enters this fight mentally because sometimes you see fighters and I, I look I'm going to say this but I don't actually necessarily agree with it but other people have said it that like once they say the word retirement you know they kind of have one foot out the door already and I just wonder could that be the opening here for, for Peter Quayley against someone like Vincent Anderson like my breakdown of the fight and I don't know what you think of it Graham I, I like I remember when we t- talked about Leon Edwards versus Usman. I'm not saying, you know, it's the same level or anything here now, but just go with me for a second. Like, I always thought Usman was a step ahead of Leon Edwards in every facet of the fight. And, like, for three and a half rounds, that turned out to be correct, I suppose. But, obviously, it, it ended the way it did. I feel like this might be a little bit similar. Like, que- what Queely is good at, I think Benson Henderson is good at the exact same things almost, but, obviously, a little bit uh, better considering the level he has got to compared to Queely, and I I think it will take something like if Queely fights to one hundred percent, I think it'll still take Benson Anderson to probably fight down a bit for Queely to win. But we've seen that fights before. We've seen lads who are fighting in their hometown with a massive crowd behind them rise further to an occasion than they've ever risen before and people wilt behind that as well now I don't think Vincent Henderson is the wilting type but that's the kind of fight breakdown I, I see from this one how, how do you see it and is there you know you've known Queely for a long time obviously seen him for a long time as well he's a guy I think who doesn't get enough respect in terms of the fights he takes and the amount of fights he's had and the amount of um, you know the amount of tough fights he's taken down through the years and this is another one Graham isn't it yeah, it is. It's like he's he's gained experience kind of fighting on short notice kind of all over Europe against the hometown guy and, you know, in, in, in the promotion that want him to win. And he's gone through he's gone through all that kind of, you know, uh, tough road to get there. He's picked no easy fights, even, the, you know, the guys with, with you look at his record, you see somebody like Joe McCoggan there like early in his career with maybe not a great record. But like we all on the Irish scene and the UK scene knew how good Joe McCoggan is and he's gone, gone on to, to show that. So. Queely's like very experienced, but then you look at Benson Henderson's record and you look at the experience he has against the really top level guys, you know, former UFC champion, former WEC champion, but it's not the same guy anymore. You know, he's 38. He definitely has lost some uh, motivation at at the very least. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a case like when he was talking to you like a month ago or whatever, where he's, he's not even thinking about it. Obviously he's going to, 
he's a professional. He, he wants to go and win. You know, he doesn't want to go in there and lose. And but the motivation level for Queeley, this is like Queeley's been in some big fights. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the Pitbull, the two Pitbull fights were huge fights. You know, but I think Benson Henderson just be, being a former UFC and WBC champion, being the name that he is, I think it's the biggest fight of Queeley's career. And you know, he's going to want this more. The crowd's going to be on his side. And if Benson Henderson is, you know, not really up for the the, the long haul drag it out fight, then, you know, Queedy could get this done. But even though uh, Benson Henderson has lost five of his last, or what is it, uh, three three of his last four, it could have been four of the last four, you know, split decision over Mamadov in the last one was a, a close fight as well. So he's definitely, there's definitely proof or uh, evidence there that he's that he's on the downturn of his career. But, you know, as you said, he's still so well-rounded. He's so good everywhere. Maybe he's not like, you know, fantastic anywhere, but he knows how to win rounds and, you know, Queedy's going to have to, you know, take some some shots to give some shots, and I'm sure he's going to be willing to do that. And with the Irish crowd behind him, he's he, you know, he's going to lay it all out there. But uh, if going to my head, to say, uh, I'd probably go with a, a Benson Henderson win, probably by decision. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, like, I think, I think the route to victory here for Queedy is. A long and arduous one, as you kind of alluded to, to there. I think you will need to drag him five rounds and beat him with cardio and use that cardio as a weapon. Now, that's easier said than none against Benson Henderson. Some, you know, someone who has always had great cardio, gone to decisions many, many times, as, as you said there as well. But you need to prey on a possibility that he's not what he was. You need to... Um, you you need to like bring this. Uh, the worst thing you need, be, uh, you need to ask him how much do you want this? Yeah, you, know you do. I mean? you, re- you really you, and you also can't have this like uh, you know you know a kind of touchy strike a match from the outside because Benson Henderson will definitely win that fight. There's no doubt about. It. Like Queeley, I think has to push him against the cage. He has to make it dirty, rotten. Like if he gets taken down, throw those elbows like he did in the Patricky fight. We'll be talking about the Sandhagen fight later on. Make it a fight like Sandhagen made it. And I, I'm, I was so impressed with how, how he fought that fight. And I, do you know what's very interesting to that as well? And I never even, I, I never had Sandhagen down as this type of guy, but I was interested to see how he spoke about himself. He said in the lead up there on, on the, uh, uh, actually on the broadcast itself, but in one of the interviews, that like, I don't have the power of these other guys. I don't have the athleticism and all that. I have to find different ways. I have to find ways of like cutting lads up and throwing different techniques to get myself into the fight. I I don't have the one shot knockout power that these other lads have. Now, not saying like um, Peter Queen is like that necessarily. I'm not saying Vincent Anderson is big one shot uh, knockout power. I don't think either guy has in, if they hit you, they'll knock you out. But in, in terms of like past this prologue, that they're there, but I think Peter Queeley needs a similar sort of mindset as uh, Corey Sandhagen had there when he was speaking about it. Like, do different things, make it that dogfight, you know, make make it into something where Benson Henderson doesn't even have a second to get his techniques off. He doesn't even have a second to m- make this fight easy. You know, I I really think that's what he needs to do. As as you said, test his want, test his desire, test his cardio, and make it an absolute dogfight for five rounds. And then that's where the crowd comes into it as well. Because if they see Queeley and he's fighting like that and he's up maybe a couple of rounds, they'll get behind him and it'll turn into a massive occasion. And that's 
that's to me his path to victory there's no big technical breakdown here for me on this one I think this is all about fucking heart and want and desire um <clears throat> and Peter Quilly has probably more of that than 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 most people. But you know, I, I think I still think it's going to be very hard. I do think it's going to be hard to keep and hold Benson Henderson against the cage. Um I think it's going to be hard to out cardio him. I think it's going to be hard to outwork him. I think it's going to be very, very hard to outstrike him as well, the way Benson Henderson fights and can kind of touch you and and keep touching you like that. And we'll see if Queely can kind of take the damage if it turns into a fight where he is um, taking a lot of shots. But you know, it's a, it's an intriguing fight. It's one I'm, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to, and uh, it's a, it's a very very good main event. I wonder, Graham, did, like the mental side for Queely. Uh, every time I talk to him, it seems like he's getting maybe more mentally strong. And I think, look, I think the win against Patricky, the win against Ryan Scope, First of all, I remember asking him once, was this like a win you kind of needed needed to have to kind of you know, get the, the Miles Price one obviously went badly with with the close split decision, but then he came back against Scope. He beat Patricky, and it felt like he was at a better mindset than he ever was. And then obviously the loss to Patricky came as well last year, and then it's it's almost a year since that. I, w- I wonder what the mindset is coming in here. Like, will that win over Patricky be the, the thing he kind of remembers, and will he take that into the Benson Anderson fight, or will it be uh, will it be almost too much pressure coming out here in the main event in a big fight like this? Well, you know, when he was speaking with you um, during the week, I think it was, uh, he was talking about how oh, he thinks he just kind of, you know, made a mistake and uh, somebody like Pitbull is so quick and powerful that he took advantage of it and that he kind of, he had the fight kind of in his hand and let it go. So, you know, confidence-wise, it probably isn't as hard to take as just being completely outclassed or, you know, uh, dominated. So, you know, beating Ryan Scope and particularly Pitbull in, uh, in a row obviously gave him a huge amount of confidence. Like, um media and fans and all in in soccer and all that talk about or football or whatever talk about um confidence and how important confidence is we don't really talk about it too much in in mma but you know going in there against somebody like pitbull and beating them uh, at a big stage like that that, that kind of shows you uh, that you belong there like you can kind of believe in yourself or whatever but it's nice to have it kind of you know confirmed in your head that yeah i can hang with these guys i remember like um Years and years ago, uh, Carl Pendred and Chris Fields went over to AKA and trained with, you know, Fitch and Koscheck and all those guys, and they were able to hang with them. And that, that even that gave them great confidence. And that's a that's a spar, you know what I mean? So it definitely it definitely uh, seems to have uh, Brock Queeley the way he talks, even the mindset he, he he's given out or the or the the vibes he's given out seem to. Uh, be a, a lot more uh, self-belief uh, since those two fights and obviously you know coming through adversity in the Ryan Scope fight is another thing that you, you, you like he's come through adversity in the past but in, in, in a big spot like that with the crowd behind you getting that feeling like you know that all helps that all builds towards it but you know obviously losing the losing the pit bull isn't ideal but as I said I think I think he kind of in his head he knows what he did wrong and he's probably gone back and fixed that and, and improved from that and in his head, he's going to go out there in front of his home crowd, uh, big roars, big support, and, you know, the biggest fight of his career. And he's going to really bring it to Benson Henderson. And, and, and as I said, and as you said, he just has to, he has to make it dirty. He has to, you know, if, if, he has to not let Benson Henderson get comfortable. He has to break, you know, or not break his will, but push his will and, and um, as I said earlier, um, make Benson Henderson show that he really wants this. And, you know, 
Queeley would I be that surprised if Queeley comes out with a victory here and now but I, as I said earlier I, I'd lean towards Benson Henderson yeah, I would tend to agree. A very, very interesting fight, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I think it's the perfect main event for Ireland because it is it said that name against the big Irish name as well. So, absolutely, absolutely perfect. What about Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhoof? <laughs> like, I think a lot. Uh, do you know what? This is one of those fights that if I if this was happening in America or Holland or somewhere, I'd probably be like giving out about this fight and saying, "Ah, just this shouldn't be happening." Yoel Romero is absolutely going to destroy Melvin Manhoof. But the fact that I'm actually going to it and I'm going to be at it, I'm like, do you know what? I want to see Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manhoof. That's going to be a bit of, a bit of fun. I just think that look, Yoel, and I know in, in his last fight it wasn't necessarily the case. Um, against uh, against Alex Polizzi, he did attack more and things. But in recent fights in the you know UFC and Bellator, he has been kind of waiting and plotting too much and waiting for that big shot. And I think people have kind of figured him out in some ways. But against Melvin Manhoff, I don't think he'd be allowed to wait. Like Melvin's going to come forward and Melvin's going to throw his shots. And that is surely going to bring the best out of Yoel Romero. Now, it's probably going to bring a big fly in the a big shot, a big knockout of Melvin Manhoff, for, for being honest. But also, like, Melvin Manhoff's a better striker than Yoel Romero. If Yoel strikes with him, like, how well is how well is that going to go for him? Now, if Yoel just goes in and decides to take him down, I think he can do that pretty easily. But we've seen Yoel doesn't really do that too much uh, to people. Although he was, he was in the police fire where he got a couple of takes, on, if I'm not mistaken. I must go back and watch that. But... I just, I'm looking forward to it. Look, if we're being honest, I think Yoel Romero is probably going to get a big knockout here, but I, I think it's uh, I think it's a good fight. It's one of those fights I'm definitely looking forward to. How's your breakdown of this one, Graham? Yeah, well, I'm hoping Melvin Manhoff com- comes out uh, strong and kind of puts it all on the line because I think that's his that's his best chance, uh, best chance of winning is kind of just going at Yoel early. Uh, Yoel probably, like, if he does feel some big shots, he, you know, he should go for the takedown. But, you know, will he? Will he just try to counter like he, like we've seen him a lot of times? Maybe he will. Like, I think this fight can be competitive if Yoel Romero uh, lets it be competitive. If, if, if he does kind of stick to a kind of pretty simple game plan, a smart game plan, he should win this fight easily. But, you know, with Yoel, you never know. But obviously the... The pick by a, by a good bit here is uh, Yo Romero. I'd be surprised if 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 Manoff got it done. Yeah, I, I look. I'm honestly just looking forward to uh, seeing Yoel Romero on the flesh. To be honest, I like. I, I do you know what? It, it's weird. I, I remember, and I told this story somewhere else as well. But I remember seeing Kyle Pindred uh, before the weigh-ins on the Lewis on the way, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is an absolute Adonis of a man. And the last time as well, when um, when Dara Kelly walked out, I was like, Fucking hell, the the muscles on this guy looked like an absolute the arms on him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but fucking Yoel Romero, is, <laughs> I think he's gonna take that to another level. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, that, that's what I'm in a in a very very weird way. I'm really looking forward to uh, to see him and, and uh, make it that weight as well. Two or five pounds as well, so he'll be even more bulk than usual. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Kieran Clark against George Sassogram. I think that is a very very intriguing fight. Um, I looked at the betting lines that came out. George Sasso is a big underdog here, plus 325, which I think is miles too wide, to be honest. Now, I'd, I'd, like, I think I'd probably just about favour Clearing Clark here. I'd, but this, I, I honestly think this could be a, a, a pick em fight. This could be one of the closest fights uh, on the card, depending on how it goes. Now, if Clark can get in there, 
uh, take him down early and dominate in that area, I think he can win and probably, you know, he'd probably win 30-27 or maybe even get a submission or something like that. But if Sasu can keep him off him, if he can keep striking. Like here in Clark, I remember the last time, um, I know, did he say it to Andy or was it the last time when we were at the, the media day? But he, he kind of said that he wants to show off his striking a little bit more. He doesn't want to just be known as kind of a grinder or whatever. I don't think this is the sort of fight for that. And if he does show off his striking, I think it could be a, a tough one against George Sasu. Like... Sasu, I went back and I watched his fight with um, with Bulliad, who is obviously a very, very good striker as well. And I think he did okay early and did well early and looked good early, but Bulliad kind of took over in. I think he found his pace and found uh, how to win the fight against Sasu. I, I, I just wonder how this fight is going to go. There's certain ways this fight can go where it's easy for Kieran Clark. And other ways, it, it can go, it'll probably be not, not necessarily easy for George Sasso, but it'll favour George Sasso, I think. And I just, you know, so, sometimes people try to do things to prove a point. I think even maybe Danny McCarran, the last time she went down and she struck with her opponent too much and should have been immediately in, you know, for the takedowns or for immediately... Uh, you know, are always keeping away from the, the striking game, whether you forgot for takedowns or not. But I, I think this is yeah, one of like the Danny McCormick one is a good example because yeah. in in her last Bellator fight, you know, she got stung so early that uh, from trying to stand even for a few no seconds that she couldn't recover. Yeah. You know, it can only take one strike, and then you're 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 oh shit, your game plan's out the window. You can't balance. You're kind of foggy, whatever. So yeah, uh, you know, looking at looking at the records here, Sasu, you know maybe that's part of the reason why he's such a big underdog but you know as you mentioned Elias is a, is a very good striker very good kickboxer and that was a split decision and that was uh, Sasu's first fight in what three years at the time uh, and and his, his only other loss on his record was six and a half years ago so you know he, he, I think he's a lot better than he than he looks just as a as a four and two record but Kieran Clark obviously at five and oh uh, we we see him overcome some adversity, but as you said, if 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 he messes around here on the feet and kind of tries to show off his striking, it's a it's a much riskier proposition than if he goes in there and plays his usual game and grinds and makes it difficult. And then maybe once he's tired out, Sasu, then he can in the third round if he's still there, maybe he can show a bit of his striking. That would probably be a better way to go at it. But yeah, if if he's going out there to try and throw his striking, to show his striking to the to the world, then I yeah I agree with you that he could he could end up in trouble here. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, we're going to be doing um, a Bellator preview as well, but a lot of the other lads. Uh, I, I, we're recording on Monday night. I'm not sure if it's coming out on Monday night. Maybe it is. I'm not sure if we're doing a live uh, preview or not, but we will go more in-depth uh, into all these fights. But let's go, go down through a few more of them here, Grant, because I've... Uh, you know, I've done my preview as well for uh, for Sherdog and studied a lot of these fights, and I think there's a lot of very interesting fights, like the Mads Burnell versus Pedro Carvalho fight. It's That's a tough fight for Pedro. A very tough fight for Pedro. But having said that, Mads Burnell. <laughs> the same thing I would say for Kieran Clark sometimes he goes out there and he tries to prove and now I'm not saying Kieran Clark actually does it but I'm I'm kind of hoping he doesn't do that but Mads Brunel does do that at times he goes out there and he tries to prove a point strike and he did that against Barrocks a little bit uh, in his last fight and if he does that against Pedro Carrillo Pedro has shown that he can knock lads spark out and he has big power in his hands 
the the way to win this fight from from uh, Mads Burnell is to get in there, get a takedown, dominate on top, and probably get a submission. And now that's not anything against Pedro. That's just how good Mads Burnell is. I've been saying for a long time. I think he's one of the best uh, featherweights in the world. And obviously the the last fight didn't go so great. It was still a close fight. Even it was a, a very very good fight, and he would have been uh, fighting for the title or very close to it if he had won that fight. Very tough one for Pedro. Do you do you see like? It's very, uh, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, Mads Burnell is going to go in there and he's going to look for the takedown early. It's not always that easy, first of all, to get the takedown at times. But then, uh, you know, a lot of lads don't, uh, you know, immediately go for things anymore. It's, it's not one of those, and we, we saw even, you know, like the Miles Price, Anthony Pettis fight. Sometimes when you do immediately go for it, it kind of turns against you. And it's very easy for us to sit here and say, oh, Kieran Clark needs to wrestle, Mads Burnell needs to wrestle. But, you know, Pedro Carvalho and George Sassi are going to be ready for them to re- wrestling. You know, they're going to have something prepared. There's going to be a knee inside there. There's going to be, you know, uh, pushing the head down or an underhook or something like that or push him and pull him against the cage and turn him out. Not not necessarily just that easy, but what, do you think he will be able to get it to the ground and, and win it there? It's That's probably the more, more likely outcome in this fight, I would say. Yeah, well, as you said, I'd say Pedro is, you know, uh, working on uppercuts and knees and stuff like that to try and, you know, uh, punish any sloppy attempts. But I think Mads, Bur- Mads Burnell will pr- probably try to set it up as soon as he can and get the takedown. Um, once he get, once he hits the ground, he's, he's very good on the ground, you know. Obviously, uh, yeah, Pedro's pretty well-rounded, but uh, on the ground, I, I just don't see him being able to hang for too long, uh, especially if, if Mads Burnell gets him down early with, with all the strength and cardio st- still intact. Um, I think Pedro he needs to just avoid those takedowns early and land shots as Pedro as uh, Mads comes in, but yeah, I, I I think it's going to be it's a difficult fight for Pedro. It's, uh, it's it's tough to you know implement a game plan against somebody like Mads Burnell if 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 they are relentless with the with the grappling and the takedowns, but. Uh, maybe Matt Burnell will play into Pedro's hands and uh, swing a bit on, on the feet and you know Pedro's a bit open on the feet himself but uh, he's kind of willing to, to give one to get one uh, give one to get one uh, get one to so, give one yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly um, yeah so uh, that's probably Pedro's best uh, route to victory but that kind of depends on uh, Mads kind of uh, n- not being able to implement his, his wrestling and grappling which is uh, obviously Pedro's probably working very hard on uh, in training camp staying on his feet yeah but uh, I, I do think that um, you know the, the safe money would be on on Mads uh, getting a submission here yeah I would uh, I would tend to agree with that uh, Liam McCourt and Dana Silva then <laughs> It's it's an interesting one. I went back and watched Dana Silva's last fight um, against uh, Janae Harding, and it's one of those fights. Like, how did Janae lose it? To be honest, I think I think she kind of got tired, and Silva kind of she, you know, she she kind of just took over a little bit. She was in there. She had more heart, very good cardio, and I think that's what Liam McCor needs to kind of avoid here. I think she needs to take away the chances for Silva to win this. Look, we know what Leah is like. Very good judo, heavy hips, good on the ground. And she need, that's what she needs to do. You know, it feels like the last three fights here in a row have been very similar. It's hard to break down, I suppose. But you need to wrestle. You need to get the fight to the ground. Now, I don't think Diana Silva, by any means, is an elite striker or anything like that. Now, you could probably say the same for Leah, I suppose. But she's been trying to improve and she's been trying to strike more. And at times, she did well against Sinead. You know, Sinead, obviously, a very, very... Uh, good striker uh, I, I, I think I, I'm 
I'm going to be talking to Leah this week and I'm looking forward to kind of hearing how she reflects maybe on that Sinead fight because both from a technical aspect but also from a mental aspect it was a very very tough fight and I think if she goes back and looks at that fight I think it's a it's a fight you can learn a lot of things from if you are Leah McCourt and improve from which is you know, which is great to be honest, but also it's one of those ones. It was, uh, uh, you were you were there as well, Graham, weren't you? It was it was a tough fight to just be at, even because the crowd. I've never seen a crowd like it. There, there was a choke or uh, the Kimura attempt one stage from Sinead, and the crowd were like cheering for Sinead to win, but at the same time like cheering for Leah to get out of it, and it was it was really weird. They wanted both of them to win, but neither of them to lose, and it was just a mad fight, and to. to Prepare for a fight like that mentally to kind of recover mentally from a fight like that and then move on and improve yourself technically. That's, I, I can't imagine, I'm looking forward to asking Leah about that, but I can't imagine that's an easy thing to do. And I think this fight is more about Leah than Diana Silva altogether because if she has benefited from that last fight, which honestly I think she probably will have, this could be this could be a massive opportunity for for Leah because I think Dan is there to be taken down. I think she's there to be the opponent that Leah McCourt needs, and if she can go out and she she can be confident, I think she can win this fight. How do you see it, Graham? That, that was that fight was a, it was a very odd fight the last time, wasn't it? Yeah, it made it more odd. That obviously, that Sinead injured her ACL uh, in the fight, so Leah must kind of feel, I guess anyway, that she feels like it was the kind of fight that she let get away. You know, if you have your opponent kind of compromised in there and you end up losing, it probably you think, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. But as you said, there's loads of things to go back, uh, look at that fight and work on and uh, and implemented this fight and kind of, you know, be more aggressive with her with her takedown attempts. And once she does get her down, I'd say, you know, um, she should have a big advantage on the ground and should be able to get a submission uh, more than likely or dominate dominate the position. But uh, it's it's not that easy of a fight to you know an opponent to bounce back against if if you're going in there a little bit a little bit uh, doubt, doubting yourself it, it could be it could be a long night but if if uh, if Leah goes in there and implements her game um, that we've seen before and with improvements and kind of is more is more kind of um, uh, aggressive with her with, with her grappling uh, or her wrestling and grappling and getting it into positions that suit her then I think she should have enough to get it done here. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Uh, with Georgia Carcanyon then against Ken Musa, not to give the same breakdown again, but I think that Georgie isn't going to wrestle Ken in that one and probably win it. If not, actually, I think Georgie can probably win it on the feed as well, uh, to be honest. But that's a, that, that's one that I think it could be more drawn out, but I, fa- I definitely fancy Georgie to win that one. Um, Brian Morden against Arivaldo Silva. I don't know how much you've watched of Arivaldo Silva, Graham, but he is... Uh, He's a, a, a funky fighter, I would say. I've, n- I've never seen him before. No, yeah. he, I, I, and uh, it's, I was so right. I went, I went to watch some of his fights, and I found a couple on uh, on YouTube. But he himself has uploaded to his YouTube his own fights from like the early days. So a lot of the, a lot of the fights that come up are from him in two thousand and seven. Uh, and I just like, well, is there any point watching fights from fucking fifteen years ago? So this lad, no, I don't think so. Yeah, this lad is forty years of age. Um, he <laughs> he is a, a jujitsu specialist, I would say, considering uh, his wins are one by KO and 11 by submission and like he's guillotines everywhere he's no I haven't watched him he 
do you know he reminds me a little bit of Kalen Lochran on the feet he kind of just stands there and I do, he's not as good as Kalen Lochran but he, the, the, the similar sort of um, uh, similar sort of style he just stands there wait for you to come and then just throws leather when you when you come near him which is you know a pretty good way of, uh, of doing it I suppose but a lot of that is too to kind of bring you inside so he can get you body locks take you down and, and try to submit you um I look for Brian Moore I think the the game plan here is going to be to work from the outside jab him up throw your one twos don't let him catch you inside use the size of that big cage and kind of stay away from him and I think Brian Moore is well able to do that I think it's the sort of fight that Brian has had a few times uh, in um, in recent fights you know and, and he's won those fights against the likes of Jordan Winsky and uh, Simeon Diana and even uh, San Leban uh, before that um it's a dangerous one though because if he makes one mistake if there's one error in judgment and he ends up on the ground Silva is really really good now not saying Brian Moore is uh, is bad or anything but when you end up there with a guy who has that sort of record with that amount of submissions it's always going to be trouble but it's uh, it's a big fight Graham for Brian Moore isn't it he's had two very close ones against Mikhailov and Lugo two guys who are up there uh, in, I think both in the rankings if I'm not mistaken he he could have won both or either of me almost finished Mikhailov after not a great start to that and bounce back well that Jarnell Lugo fight was an absolute uh, stunning fight in terms of technical fight in, in Ireland I don't think we've seen one nearly as good as that if, if I'm not you know if I, maybe I'm, I'm forgetting something but that was a high level fight um, and if, I, I just always feel like and I know you've maybe known Brian Longer than me and been around the gym and seen him I feel like he's always been missing that or not always been missing but he's missing that big win and I think his ability deserves it now I don't think this will be it but this might be the fight to get back to have the next fight for another big win against another big name but he has to win this one first and you know I, I think we all have kind of a soft spot for Brian Moore and he's one of the, 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 the I suppose the OGs of Irish MMA as well now 35 years of age but this is a massive fight from Graham isn't he? he needs to win this one yeah, he needs to win this one, especially, you know, after losing two in a row, even though, as you mentioned, it was two really kind of good guys, even if they are kind of, you know, under the radar, not the biggest names, two very tough up-and-comers, and there were two close decisions. As you mentioned, he, 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 looking, um, he was close to a finish uh, in the Mikhailov one, so uh, it's, it's definitely tough to take for Brian. You know, he's, he's kind of... You know, it's a must win here. But as you said, I, I haven't seen much of Silva, but from what you've said, it sounds like Brian Moore is going to need to kind of stay patient here and not get overexcited if he does if he does rock uh, rock Silva and, you know, uh, end up in, you know, uh, in his realm and, and what he's looking to do out there. So uh, staying patient, though, uh, we've seen that from Brian Moore, you know, uh, Chris technical striking um not really uh, giving your opponent, uh, you know, um, openings in your in your game as much as possible just keeping it tight and you know being just just being very technical on the feet and patient and it sounds like if, if he goes out there and kind of does what brian moore more does he should have enough here to you know put this guy away on the feet or or win a decision more more likely by the sounds of things but you know having not seen uh any of of uh Arivaldo silva it, it is it is hard to hard to know really yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I like. I don't think he'll have much for Brian on the feed, to be honest. And I think uh, that's the path to victory for for him here. I, I also don't think he's like. I don't think he's the best wrestler in the world. He may, he waits for someone to make a mistake, and you know, as long as Brian doesn't do that, I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be okay here. Um, 
the, the rest of the car then I suppose Derek Kelly is making his second day uh, second debut second uh, outing for Bellator against Kai Stevens uh, watching some of Kai Stevens I think he's a very very well versed fighter he's very well trained I would say does the right things all the time he's 3-1 now you would say the same about Dara Kelly. I was, I was talking to Richard Kiley the other day, and he was telling me how good Dara is, um, and uh, you know he's uh, he's been um, uh, he's been trained very well by Dave Roach, apparently, uh, who's kind of taken him under his wing. And uh, uh, Rich was telling me that Dave Roach is one of one of the best trainers around there, and uh, I think maybe flying under the radar and maybe not getting the, the credit he deserves. But um, you know. Dara Kelly looks very technical fighter as well alongside Kai Stevens. I think the the difference between the two of them will be that physicality I spoke about earlier. Dara is just so strong, but also fast and athletic. And I think that's going to be the difference here. When you put two good technical fighters in there, the most athletic one is going to win. And I think that's going to be Dara Kelly here. And I, I'm not saying he's just winning his athleticism, but you know, I, I would say that. You know, I'd say it's to give praise to Stevens. I think more than anything else, because he is a good fighter. But I think Derek Kelly will be a a little bit ahead. Um, Kenny McAhanan in against Bodner. Bodner's one of those lads that is a grinder. You know, he'll make it tough on you. His brother's obviously a fighter as well, and he, you know he fights like a lad who's a brother that's a fighter. If you get me, he makes it tough on you. He doesn't give you a second. You know, Kenny's. Kenny can do it all as well, you know. Kenny, Kenny can strike, and he can, you know, his brother is a fighter as well. So there you go, the two brothers fighting against each other. Yeah, I know you've known Kenny for a while, Graham. I remember friends even uh, uh, interviewed him at one stage. It's Kenny's type of guy. He's only been in you uh, in uh, Bell- or, I'm sorry, in uh, SBG for maybe a couple of years now, and maybe still. Still getting towards the professionalism, maybe of uh, of being an MMA fighter at this level, and it's I'm expecting to see big improvements here. He's a good prospect, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know, he has an extensive, uh, a bit of an up and down amateur career as well. But he went in there against people like Leon Hill, beat him. Obviously, he lost to John Mitchell twice, lost to John Byrne. Uh, you know, he, he's been in there. He's he's taken tough fights. He's he, you know, as you said, he's he's moved gyms recently and uh, seems to like is. Pro debut was on Clan Wars, uh, beat Adam Adam Shelley. That's, that's a very good win. I think this is an, an appropriate step up. It's 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 not an easy fight, but it's uh it's one that Kenny probably you know expecting to win here and is expected to win. But you know if he doesn't get it done early, it it, it might be a, a difficult close fight and be a close decision. But uh, yeah, I think you know. I haven't seen I haven't seen much of of Bodner, which is always uh, it's always hard to to know exactly how they're going to look. But if you look at his uh, amateur record as well, he, he's pretty extensive as well, and uh, he's obviously a bit more experienced at a uh, at pro, but has a loss there by by guillotine uh, a year ago. So yeah, it, you know these guys are both up and coming. They're probably likely to make a few more mistakes than when they when they mature and have a bit more experience as a pro. So. You know, I expect uh, Kenny to win here, but if he goes out there and then, you know, it doesn't go his way, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's the, it's the first loss. So, uh, yeah, I think obviously it's a big spot for Kenny here and there's a lot of a lot of people expecting a lot from him. But, uh, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to know with, with, with these guys early on. Uh 
exactly where they are. We haven't really seen, you know, uh, them overcome a lot of adversity or we haven't seen them in all the positions that maybe we, we need to and we haven't seen maybe holes that are in their game or holes that aren't in their game. So uh, no matter what happens here, this will be a great learning experience. But yeah, I would expect Kenny to go out there and uh, probably get a TKO win. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the, the last four fights in, I suppose, Dante Shiro against Luke Pilat, Kirill Slidenkov against uh, Kazim Aras um, in the heavyweight division, and also Asel Ajou, who we mentioned earlier on, uh, against Jordan Barman. That should be a fun one. But the standout, I suppose, in the early prelims here, Carl Albrechtson versus Carl Moore. What a fucking fight this is. Carl Albrechtson has uh, an extensive record. And if you see the names that are that are on his record, you know, he beat Yashimordov last time out, but he's a win over Viktor Nimkov. He um he's a win over Vadim Nimkov. He's fought Valentin Moldovsky, the the former champion at heavyweight, he fought Yuri Prohachka uh, as well, and fought obviously Phil Davis when he came into Bellator. Now he lost against Prohachka and Davis, but he has a win over Vadim Nimkov, the champion. And that means a lot. Like if he wins this he'd be right up there as well towards the top of that division and that's a massive massive uh thing for you know for carl moore as well carl moore goes in there and he beats carl albrechtson that means a lot you know carl is a guy who's had a lot of talent but hasn't had a lot of luck maybe he's uh i i I suppose carl's around 30 now is he's he's or maybe a little bit more than that and he's only had one fight in the last four years since he lost that fight to maro sorelli and i beat uh, lee chadwick in 2019 he was supposed to fight in 2020 that fell through and now he's fighting um in his second bellator fight you know three years on and i like carl moore when he was coming through and when he was about to fight Take that Maura Sorelli fight. It was to become the double champ in Cage Warriors. And everyone was talking about him, the next McGregor and the next star and all. And it just hasn't happened for him. But this is a massive opportunity, Graham, to get back into that, isn't it? And, you know, Carl is a big, tough man and hits hard and is a good wrestler and grappler as well. You know, it's it's not an easy fight by any means. I think Carl Brexton will be a massive favorite here. But Carl Moore, it's a, it's a big opportunity for him. Yeah, it is. It's a big opportunity. Obviously, you know, he's had a tough time recently. He hasn't fought in three years uh, since that, that split decision win over Lee Chadwick. And obviously, before that, he was on the prep- on the prefaces of becoming the the, the double um, You're just repeating exactly what I said. Light, yeah, light yeah. Heavyweight, heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, you know, and that that's hard to take. You know, he's had, you know, that's hard to take when... He, you know, you've you've been so close to signing for the UFC, and then you go in there and you pick up a, a close decision win in your next fight a year and a half later, and then you, you you're with injuries and fight cancellations and all that stuff. You're waiting three years to fight again. Like this is this has been a tough time for Carl. Uh, you know, watching all his teammates kind of progressing, and he's and he's not uh, in terms of you know. Uh, his fight career obviously he's been in he's been in the gym and he, he hopefully you know he's been developing and getting better we have we, we haven't seen him so it's so hard to know what he's going to look like is he going to look rusty or is he going to look like a new Carl Moore uh, you know is he going to is he going to be the same guy or is he going to be better or is he going to be worse you know it, we, we really don't know what Carl Moore is going to come out come out here and it's a really tough test even if the even if an improved Carl Moore does come out here you know he, he might end up on the wrong side against you know, of a of a finish here or a decision here, like this is a very tough fight, as you mentioned. Like there's a there's a who's who on a, on this guy's uh, record. So yeah, this is a really tough fight. Uh, after all the adversity, uh, all the disappointment, and all the the time out of the 
out of the cage. This is a, this is a big ask, uh, in my opinion, for Conmore. Yeah, uh, it's a, it is a massive, a uh, tough one, all right. And you you'd have to favour Albrecht in there, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the the card in full. Looking forward to to going up there. I'm sure a lot of people listening will be at it as well. Uh, if you see us, come over and say hello. Uh, Graham will be charging 50, 15 quid for pictures. Graham isn't it? No, nah, no photos, no photos. <laughs> no photos, no photos. Oh yeah, sorry, you left the hood up and. Uh, <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to going and, and seeing these fights it's a great night of fights and sure if you're around uh, let us know and we'll have uh, we'll have a bit of a chat but um, yeah let's uh, let's talk about the UFC from last night for me the fight that I'd be looking forward to the most I would be Michael Finn and Page versus Richard Kiley Richard Kiley and Michael Finn Page Richard, I spoke to you before about uh, Michael and Page and, and what? Well, you have the microphone there, okay? We had a conversation prior to his fight with Paulie and Davey. What happened? Well, you called it the way it went. Yes, I said it was going to be a snooze fest, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, people are down you. People called you a cannon and everything. Is that something you've kind of brought with you through camp and are, like, using it? I don't mind people, the uneducated, calling me cans. I, I listened to your podcast. I had issues. To, I had to, I took issue with the stuff that you said. Now you're you're back with, with all due respect to Richard 3 and 1. A lot of people call him a cannon and stuff like that when this fight was made, and... You know, it's, to me, it's an interesting voice. You know, I strongly disagree with it. I think I actually find it a bit, a bit disrespectful, and that's why I'm calling you on camera. What exactly did I say that was uh, bad? You said it's going to be a fun fight. Even if it comes out and Michael Vinn and Page win in two or three minutes or whatever, I think it'll be a fun fight. This is a fight of fine margins. One of us is going out. I have no doubt that one of us is going out. But mark my words, I fully intend on it being him. Richard Kiley is a guy, maybe underrated is the wrong word, but he probably is underrated. I'm interested to see if maybe Kylie can prove some of the doubters wrong. But I'm going to look forward to proving you wrong. Sean, I like you as a person, but the stuff you said I had a serious issue with. It'll be a great night, and like I said, if I wasn't fighting, I'll be watching it in the, be watching it in the stands. Richard, thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the podcast as well. <laughs> Thank well, you very Declaring your winner. All right, Graham. Uh, the UFC from last night: Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yudong. I, I alluded to a little bit earlier, but let's let's get straight to the main event. Um, very, very good, smart, detailed game plan from Corey Sandhagen. Uh, it was one of those ones where I, I really wasn't expecting him to fight the way he did. I thought he would be way more fighting on the outside, trying to avoid the power of uh, Song, trying to maybe throw a few leg kicks, throwing that fly knee. He did throw the fly knee a few times, but in a very different uh, sort of way, I suppose. But it was a, a game plan in which he just tried to take away the pop from Song. You know, he just pushed him against the cage for a couple of rounds and by the time like the 7, 8, maybe 10, 11 minute mark came Song Yudong just no longer had to pop any shots I don't think his gas tank depleted massively I think I still think he was going, he was absolutely still going, but I just think he didn't have that pop in his hands, now the cut as well was absolutely a, a massive part, but I think the the bigger picture of the well it's probably not the bigger picture, the cut is the big picture here, but absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, I think the game plan of, of Corey Sandhagen was absolutely phenomenal and uh, I think he deserves credit for that, and I came out afterwards in the press conference, I was listening to a few minutes of it and he was like saying you know i feel sorry for him and that's i don't want to fight 
thing that way you know he cut him open <laughs> you know that's a genuine way to win the fight he did the referee and the doctor gave song plenty of time we'll get into the, the ones of the fight in a second here but i thought the performance from sandhagen was a different performance for him but very good what, what did you think of it graham yeah, I thought it was very good. You know, he, as he, I agree with a lot of things you said. I thought it was going to be, uh, I thought he'd have more success w- with his kind of takedown attempts and grappling, but Song's take, uh, takedowns, especially in the first couple of rounds, uh, or sorry, takedown uh, defense was very, very good. Uh, he, you know, he, he he had obviously drilled it a lot in training. Even when uh, Santiago was changing levels, you could see uh, uh, Song sprawl heavy to, to avoid that because obviously he knows... Um, Santiago's dangerous on the ground. Doesn't doesn't want to get stuck there and kind of lose the pop and lose the pop in his shots. That was gonna gonna be the route to victory for him in this fight. Uh, yeah, so uh, it, it, I think uh, Song looked a little bit better than I expected. But I think yeah, Santiago just had too much for him. Stayed patient. Uh, you know, he really does fight to the kind of the best of his abilities. <laughs> you know what I mean? He kind of said it himself, and yeah. you kind of mentioned it. But uh, not having that power against a really powerful guy like Song, Song, you know, it's easy to lose rounds uh, with just one impactful strike uh, in that round. Kind of undoes a lot of your, a lot of your work when you're not a not a heavy hitter, when you're kind of a, a volume guy without you know being a heavy hitter. So he kind of has to work around that, and he's he's found a really good way of doing it. He, he, he keeps you guessing the whole time. He mixes it up really well, and he stayed patient, and you know. He did a really good job, like opening up that cut. He obviously has worked on that. He threw a lot of those kind of sharp elbows uh, whenever he got the chance, and um, he could have opened up more cuts. You know, he, he landed a couple of other nice glancing, glancing elbows, and the cut he did open up was was a nasty cut. Like it was getting bigger and bigger as as the rounds went on, and the doctor, uh, in fairness to him, was willing to let fights go. Like if like you know the, the fight before, like he let it go when there was a huge. A huge cut, and he let this let this fight go uh, between rounds a couple of times when it was when it was a big cut, and the the commentators were kind of questioning whether it should go on or not. But in the end, the cut had become so big that that the the doctor rightly stopped it, uh, in my opinion. And I don't see why, like you know, Sandhagen maybe in the moment you know t- thought it was a bit of a letdown, but when he looks back on it, I think you know that's a that's a more than legit win, and it was a fantastic performance really from Sandhagen. Yeah, and a hundred percent. You know, I, even from Song, yeah. I think it was a really good performance as it, well. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I, I think the one thing Sandhagen showed in this maybe, and I think I, I was actually just tuned into the the Shardog, um post show, and they kind of said that the variety was it, and I, I would tend to agree with that. But he showed more kind of different ways of thinking as well, and di- different game plans even in in the fight. Like it was the the attempted takedowns. Now I don't think he actually did. He get any takedown. He was all for eight at one stage, but that didn't no, matter. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was about wearing, wearing him down, and like the, the strikes. You, you could also see that Song, Song was thinking about it because he, he, he changed level. He would sprawl hard, and you know, having that in your mind, it does not be uncomfortable on, the, on, on what your gonna, offense is going to be. Yeah, and I, the, the thing about it, Song won the first round. <laughs> even though Corey fought the way he fought, but I think he was happy enough to give up that first round. Corey got hurt early in the second round as well, which maybe it's easy to forget. So the fact that he kind of, he came back after that as well, he was those flying knees were all miles off, but that elbow as it, it definitely, it, it definitely changed the fight, but it also just helped uh, Sandhagen along in his game plan. If we want to put it that way, um, 
he targeted Din after as well, which I thought was really, really smart, but nasty, I suppose, as well at the same time. And I think it was... Oh, you have to do it, though. You have to do it, yeah, you have to do it. You could see in the third round that that eye was just... It it was really affecting him. Power was gone from his shots. And even when you... Uh, when Sandeg put him in the clinch I think there was less kind of coming back from him there was some lovely shots late as well from Corey in the third round and he did him manage to land the flying knee in and that in the fourth Corey was kind of just smashing him up got a takedown he eventually did get a takedown about uh, 90 seconds in actually Song got a takedown 90 seconds in but Corey got up and then Corey got a takedown of his own Song got up as well then Corey got another takedown and that's where he kind of got on top put the fingers in the cut uh, but he landed some elbows and I think those elbows made it even worse and forced the, the doctor and Herb Dean to, to stop it towards the end of uh, towards the end of that round or at the end of that round even uh, I think they gave him plenty of time they gave him plenty of an opportunity uh, probably a late uh, stoppage even I would say but at the same time you know you have to give a guy an opportunity uh, and they did that here so a lot of people talking about Corey Sandhagen versus um, Cheeto Vera now I think that's a fucking wonderful fight and I'm absolutely behind that so uh, let's uh, let's go forward and make that um We'll run through the rest of the card. Gregory Rodriguez and Chidi Bang Bang in Jokowani. What a comeback from Rodriguez. Jesus Christ. That Great fucking, fight. The first, that cut that opened up and that shot on the, the knee as yeah. he came in. That was fucking Ridiculous. vicious. <laughs> How he survived that and without, especially without being wobbly afterwards. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. He is a madman. I, I, someone said, I think Paul fucking Felder said. You could see like into his head afterwards. <laughs> oh could, yeah. I, I said it to one of my friends. They're like, that's a nice big vein there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Fucking hell. Yeah, he's, uh, Paul Felder said he's become one of his favourite fighters, and how could he not be, I suppose? He always absolutely brings it. Uh, like, he that cut, like, if people know, haven't seen the fight or anything, it's a cut, like, the bridge of your nose, basically, or the higher bridge of your nose, maybe the higher part of your nose, like, separated like his a, forehead. A, think of Liam or no Gallagher with the unibrow. He basically yeah. had, like, a unibrow. <laughs> a unibrow except cut. The middle yeah. was, like, skull uh, and yeah, veins. It was. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, but at the start of the second round, like the com- the commentary again, absolutely awful, <laughs> just just horrendous. They missed Rodriguez just destroying Chile because they were looking at uh, whoever who Mark Smith I think was the referee. Uh, absolutely, completely missing. They're like, oh, oh, Rodriguez winning the fight. They're like, what, what are you talking about? He's he absolutely, he's absolutely destroying Chile at the end of the, the first and at the start of the second. Chile looked tired and hurt and everything, and he managed to get the finish in, but. God, the commentary was so bad throughout tonight. Daniel Cormier trying to uh, explain the three Ds. Oh, the three Ds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was waiting for you to bring that up. Oh my God, I, I, I can't. Uh, do, 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 do you give him points for effort, dude? No, it was just so funny and bad. Like it was, it was just ridiculous. Like, oh, he's the. I, I hear him once said he's like, we understand judging more now. <laughs> he talks about for the millionth time if that counts as a takedown or not what the fuck are you talking about you well, dummy well, well well he's on top uh, of him so <laughs> the fight's on the ground like what does it matter oh my god oh jesus christ he's, a fu- he's one of the dumbest human beings to ever live like and i uh, when is this gonna end when is this pain gonna end listen to fucking daniel carmier he's gonna be getting a, a million dollar check in the in the oh, post for christmas fucking, give me a million dollar check to shut the fuck up it'll be a lot better oh jesus 
Anyway. I, I thought you were trying to be nice to Daniel uh, Cormier. I can't. I just can't do it. I can't, I can't keep, keep up this, I can't keep up this facade. Oh, he's fucking... He's uh, terrible. Anyway, fair play to Rodriguez. Uh, Andre Feely then. This was an interesting fight. Um, he was landing loads of head kicks in the first round not getting drawn in winning on the outside second was a lot closer Aljo was landing jabs Feely was still landing hard landed some nice body kicks I thought Feely won the second as well I think all three judges gave uh, the second to Aljo if I'm not mistaken and in the third was a very interesting round Feely was close to rear naked Joe kind of uh, but then Aljo landed about a hundred strikes from being body triangled and like I gave him the round but it was one of those rounds where I can absolutely if, you, if your opinion is Andrew Feely was closer to finishing it because he had the rear naked choke. No problem at all with that. I, I I can definitely understand that. But like, if you can understand someone taking about fifty strikes, and and, uh, and like he'd say about them. eight eight or nine of them were actually pretty good shots, and you could see uh, Andre Feely react to them and try to block them and kind of uh, forget about the the choke position for a minute and kind of get his head and out of the way and stop eating the, those punches. So yeah, that that's a really difficult round. You know, how much weight are you giving to the the rear naked choke attempt, and how much are you giving to those punches? It, it, that's a tough one. Like I I went Algio, but I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. But it, it's it's a tough one. It's a, it's a good round to kind of look at, and and you know, obviously uh, it's it's not the it's not the most important uh, fight in the world. But that that round swung the fight. You know that that round swung the fight, and it, it is a difficult one to know how to judge like having not been in not being in that position how how close was that submission yeah uh, personally, i didn't think it was I don't know. there i don't know yeah. yeah but how how much impact are actually in those punches are they just annoying and andre feely's thinking oh i'm eating a lot of the, I'm, I'm i'm eating a lot of these maybe the judges will think these are more impactful than, than they are i better move out of the way or are they actually impactful that he moves out of the way it's really difficult to know i think and this people probably disagree with this I think generally we score effective grappling when it is a grappling like this higher than we do strikes um, and I think even scoring that rear naked choke, choke at him highly I just think those strikes were a little bit too much now if, if you say that's even maybe even I think Feely was probably winning before that so if you want to give Feely the round on that but it was very close I'd have no problem with that even I I just like those strikes. How did you score the second? I, I, I gave the feeling. I saw a lot of people that were giving it to Aljo. Did, did you, who did you score it for? Yeah, like I actually gave it to Aljo, but I oh, was so very Aljo sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I really don't know. I'm really undecided on that round. Yeah, it was it was a close fight in the close round, but yeah, I I I, I, I like, uh, like you and you're you don't know when you're watching it the first time that it's going to be this thing, and maybe if I went back and watched it, I'd yeah. like I've kind of forgotten a bit of the work that went on before that. So maybe the work Feely did early was enough. I, I'd have to go back and watch it, but when the round ended, I, I really wasn't sure. I just you know you have to make a kind of call. You don't want to sit in your head. You're think probably would have gone Aljo, but. I'd have to watch it again because yeah. it, it, it's razor close. 100%. Um, Joe Pyford then got a, a big knockout. He seems to be a Dana White favourite after coming from the Contender Series. Good stuff there from him. Uh, Nassiminto then, uh, he won one and three. Both guys were kind of hurt in the second. Buzzer won the round after being hurt early and almost subbed late, I would say, in that one. Uh, but Nassiminto ended up getting the, the split decision there. Um 
Fluffy Hernandez then he got the, the win dominated there was a slam here Rem and I saw some people were calling it illegal I, I think it was borderline but I think it was legal I looked up the rule and the rule was like you have to kind of point the feet or the toes up towards the sky and then drop him straight down I don't think Hernandez did that I think he had him kind of sideways and slammed him down which is by the rule book I would say legal but maybe that shouldn't be legal but uh, yeah I, th- I think it yeah. was okay to be honest but it, it looked very bad because it would right in the top of his head I think I don't think it was on purpose I think he just was trying to slam him down and it happened but I do think that should be like that should be illegal yeah. that's extremely dangerous I think he kind of came down on his arm a little bit as well which probably saved a lot of the impact but that like you know that could have been very very bad like we've yeah. we've seen you know uh Irish fighter Ian Cochran you know what what happened to him just from from grappling uh, in training and landing on your head is, is so, so dangerous. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. I think legal, but probably should be illegal. Yeah, very, very dangerous. But a good win for Fluffy Hernandez outside of that. As you said, I, I, I don't think anyone thinks he meant to do it the way he did it. But, um, you know, good submission with the arm triangle in the end after that as well. Uh, Damon Jackson, geez, what an, uh, an emotional fight this was. Went in there and just absolutely destroyed Pat Sabatini inside of a round front kick to the face, Sabatini, uh, Sabatini ducked in massive ground and pound and it, it, they mentioned in that his brother died last week and his, some of his family were there and it was really really sad and you know obviously delighted for him to win in a situation like that but Jesus it was, it was really really tough and there was a few I think Feely as well said he lost a, he lost a child after a couple of weeks ago or, or a while back and this was obviously his first fight since it was very emotional. Yeah I think his well. wife was pregnant and lost a child. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Luma Lukboom as well was talking in, in the press conference after. Very, very emotional night all around. And she had obviously a good win. She uh, went over uh, United decision over Denise Gomez, landing some power shots there as well. One, uh, uh, so yeah, it was it was it was just one of those nights <laughs> to be honest. But you know, and a tough week. So obviously we must mention here as well. You know, Elias Teodoro passed away, and that's very, very sad. Myself and Quilcha talked about that uh, more in depth. But she's been a tough week for MMA uh, in general, and uh, you know. It's, Sometimes we it's easy we sit here and we talk about these fighters and we, we you know we make an assumption about this and that and you know, we fight this way. Well, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, you really, really don't. And you know, we 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 do mention that and we, we say it a lot, but we don't probably say it enough and maybe that should always be the backbone of, of things like this. Like it's easy for us to say, Oh, this guy needs to go out and he needs to do a submission, but like what what has that guy been doing for the last two weeks? Like has he been able to train or has there been something else going on in his life or has he you know, it's 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 tough. these fighters are human beings as well and we must um you know, we must respect that and, and uh, you know, talk more about it. And that's why I give John Anik there a few weeks ago great praise because I think he does a, go- a good job of humanizing the fighters. And I, I, I love to see when people come out and speak like Luma did here or when they come out afterwards in the, in the you know, in the, in the press conference or whatever it is and, uh, you know, speak their mind as, as they absolutely should. And it, it was, you know, obviously sad, but great to see at the same time as well. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough night all around. Um to get on to the rest of the card a tough transition here but Kosk against Giles one of the worst fights of the year no, no. they were like oh yeah I'm going to be very nice in fighters and then I said that God, God almighty though, this one was an absolute snooze fest 15 minutes of nothing Trevin Giles ended up winning Trey Ogden beat Daniel Zellhuber I watched a bit of Zellhuber beforehand and I was like Geez, this guy's good he's a lot of talent and then 
shoddy enough game plan and badly executed. Uh, Trey Ogden, again, he, he won for the first time. I like Trey Ogden, but yeah, I think, I don't know, Zell Huber just didn't, didn't do it, didn't do it, and uh, that's unfortunate. Jenny Robertson got a lovely rear naked choke against uh, Agapova, uh, lost the first round rear naked choke in the second. Agapova nearly bit her fucking tongue off. This was absolutely disgusting. One of the most disgusting nights as well in the history of MMA with all the cuts and fucking Agapova nearly biting her tongue off. It was absolutely awful. Also, there was three fighters in this card with tape on their ears, which I don't think... I've ever seen before. Agapova had it, uh, Feely had it, and someone else. Was there someone? Was it? Uh, I don't know. Someone else had it as well. But anyway, uh, yeah. Then Javid Basharat. This guy is. Uh, I'm gonna say it, Graham. I'm gonna say it. This guy is championship material. He reminds me of Conor McGregor. He's that good. He's fuck. He is phenomenal. Now I thought Tony Gravely was maybe even going to win this fight. I thought he was a bad matchup. He's this wrestler test. That's probably um, I was talking to Harry about. Is like we we're both kind of saying oh, this is a bit too early. But by God, it wasn't. He looked brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Cut after a head clash as well early. Landed way more shots. Tony was managing to get inside, but he just wasn't strong enough. Won the second round easy after he got on top and landed strikes, but he just jabbed him up in the third round. Absolutely brilliant for Bashara. And do you know what he looks like as well? Why, why he reminds me of Gregor a little bit? He's so much bigger than a lot of these guys at 135 pounds as well, and he kind of bullies them around the best. I am very, very impressed with him. Very impressed. What, what did you think of him, Graham? Am I going overboard? Yeah, he looked really good. Like, you know, I, I don't think Gravely looked great. You know, obviously he wasn't able to implement his game. He probably was expecting to go in there and be able to uh, get the wrestling at uh, least attempts go, going a bit easier and uh, maybe work his way into into tiring him out, into tiring Basrat out. But uh, Basrat was just too good everywhere, just absolutely dominated, uh, even in the wrestling, the grappling. You know, uh, he... he, he he didn't really pose uh, Gravity didn't really pose any questions for him uh, yeah it's hard to say how far he'll the go dog you know, like Gra- the dog doesn't like the, the dog isn't a fan of it the dog's not a fan of Basharat not the dog not a fan of it but yeah you don't you know, you, I, I'm always a bit wary of calling guys this early you know we haven't really seen them against too many kind of yeah. proven entities in the, in the UFC like you look back at his recent record as a guy who's 2 and 39 on there you know uh <laughs> Uh, th- three years ago, he's fighting guys who were two and thirty nine. Is it Luke uh, John Spencer? John Spencer. John yeah. Spencer. Yeah. So yeah, uh, obviously that's not great. But since then, he's obviously stepped up and he has a um, contender series. He went out there and beat a sixteen and oh guy. So yeah, he definitely has a lot of potential. He looked really good, but until he goes out there against somebody who's kind of a a known quantity, even a, like a rankings gatekeeper, it, it's very hard for me to to put too much hype behind him. I'm hyping him up to the moon <laughs> for Javid I'm wary, Basharat. I'm wary now. I, know, I, used, to, yeah, I used to jump on hype bandwagons easier, but now, yeah, now I'm a wary, yeah, wary indeed. old man. Did indeed. Uh, yeah, so that was it. Nicholas Mata got a big knockout as well over Cameron Van Camp. Fair play to him. Um, so, yeah, we will uh, we will leave it there. You didn't see the Canelo and, and Triple G bout the Joe Graham by any chance? I, no. I no. idiotically set up for the fucking snooze fest. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Again, you <laughs> fell for the boxing I, trick again. I, I, I fell for it again. But god damn it Yeah it wasn't that bad to be fair But, but it was Who won or was it, uh, was it a draw no, or what Canelo won It was one of those ones right where The first round was very close right Canelo destroyed him for the next six rounds And in the last five rounds were close 
So like it, not that it could have gone either way. Canelo definitely won it, but like been a draw. it was, it was fifth, the one fifteen, one thirteen, and people were up in arms about it. But actually, I don't think there was much wrong with that score, to be honest. But it was weird because one guy dominated the majority of the fight. Could have won twelve rounds to zero for being now. I don't know. There was there was like two rounds that he definitely lost. But uh, it, it was it was a funny. How, one. how often? rules of like scoring on boxing are you no, right? no like, not really yeah, I don't really know I'm always yeah. kind of I, I don't really know how boxing no. scores because we're probably these idiots we're probably like the we are yeah the Daniel Cormier's the Daniel Cormier boxing score yeah we are indeed probably but yeah I, I think boxing is a bit more straightforward in that who like lands the harder uh, better punches I suppose you know it's or who lands the cleaner work if there isn't big harder punches where there's grappling and other stuff added into MMA as well it's a little bit more complicated but yeah it was, uh, it was uh, do you know what everyone was saying Triple G looked old and he fucking did but I thought Canelo looked a bit old uh, Canelo's not that old but he's had a lot of fucking bouts and uh, he's a, a lot of uh, a lot of wear and tear in that body and yeah, he uh, he lost his last bout as well against uh, Bivol, I think it was, but gone up in weights. But yeah, Triple G. Triple G opened up for like two rounds and he hit Canelo a few times and hurt him more than Canelo hurt him in any stage during the fight or during the bout even. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a, not sad to see, I wouldn't say, but it wasn't great to be honest. But yeah, anyway. Uh, we will uh, we will leave it at that, lads. Thanks everyone for uh, listening. Uh, as we said, a big week this week. Uh, support us on Patreon.com forward slash Severe My Podcast. Hotels in Dublin are dear as fuck, so please do that. <laughs> we need it. We need it this month. I need it anyway. You're grand. You have to get a fucking taxi in or a fucking a, a, a lift in or whatever. You'll be fine. But I was Sean used to pay a fucking grand to go up to Dublin to watch fucking Bellator. Anyway. Right, we leave it there, lads. Not to be co- not to be giving out or anything. Not to be complaining or giving out, but look, right, we leave it there, lads. Um, uh, all we have left to do is get Graham's quote of the week. Graham, why are you on your own tonight? If you're so clever, then why are you on your own tonight? If you're so very entertaining, then why are you on your own tonight? If you're so very good looking, then why do you sleep alone tonight? I know, because tonight is just like every other night. That's why you're on your own tonight. We'll see you next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bizarre one.